some, the book of Isaiah. <laughs> the book of Isaiah. We're going to read a scripture that we read last week. Last week we talked about, I know, I know most of you do text to give, and so there'll be few of you come, but when you, when you give, give, give in expectation, give in faith, amen. Trusting that the Lord is going to do what he said he would do. All right, uh, Isaiah chapter 55, Isaiah chapter 55, starting with verse uh, 6, and we're going to read through verse 11. We read this last week, and I want to read it again, uh, because this is, we're, we're going we're gonna to start here. Uh, we're not going to, uh, I don't think we're going to hang out too, too much in where I was uh, last week, but I am going to, I am going to try to bring out some, uh, maybe a different perspective on some of the points that I felt like the Lord wanted to uh, bring out last week. So let's read. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. For he will have mercy upon him and uh, to our God he will abundantly pardon for, and, and this is, uh, this is uh, one of the parts that I want to uh, emphasize. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Amen. So uh, he says this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So what's that, what's that trying to communicate to us? Well, God thinks on a different level than what we think. Amen. Amen. That God's thoughts and his ways, you know, uh, there's a way that a man does things, and then there's the way that God does things. And you can get some insight, you know, because some of you, you believe that what you're doing is, uh, many of us, we go through life, uh, going sometimes going through the motions of of church, family, job, um, ministry, and, I, and we see this in the ministry. And I'm gonna I'm gonna help y'all with this. We see this in the ministry, and in uh, the things that God has called us and anointed us to do more often now than I think at any time in history. But what we do is we go about doing these things according to, not according to the wisdom of God, but according to the wisdom of men. In other words, sometimes we don't inquire of the Lord. You know, God, I'm a, I'm a very driven person. Hilda, you know, Hilda's a very driven person. Uh, Cherie's a very driven person. There are people in this church, God has filled this church with driven people. People that have it in their heart to get the job done. And if I, I mean, I'm not named all of you that are, but y'all know who you are. Um, uh, birds of a feather flock together. I'm a, I'm a very driven person. Do you know that God, uh, God, in the early days when the Lord used to talk to me about the future that he had for me, when he used to talk to me about his purpose for my life, he never revealed his purpose for my life. He never, he never unfolded it very much. It was like he would only give me little pieces and little portions. And I, I finally figured out why. Because if God had told me the big picture, I'm so driven, I would have gotten myself there. I would have found a way to accomplish somehow what God had told me he wanted me to do. <laughs> do you know what? 
God doesn't want you doing what he told you to do. He wants you trusting him to lead you where he called you to be and where you depend on him to do what he called you to do. Amen. Because if you do it, then you do it in the natural. But if you work together with God, it becomes supernatural. Because you're working together with him, and he's a supernatural God. See, uh, some of you are like, well, Lord called me to nursing. Wonderful. We know there's a natural way to get to that place. But guess what? You've got no business leaning on and depending on and relying on and trusting in the natural way to get there. It's your responsibility as a Christian to find the mind of God, to find the way of God, to find the will of God. This is, this is, why, this is why it's important. There are many people here in this church that are entrepreneurs. God has called you to start businesses. You have an entrepreneurial spirit. But you know what? God don't want you building that business in, uh, in, in the wisdom of men. Amen. Uh, Jasmine Ross, uh, what's it called? Jasmine Ross Events. God, God, God don't want, amen. She's like, amen. Would you like a graphic? Someone put a graphic up on the video. Anyway, so Jasmine Ross Events. Even though God, you know, put that in your heart, you know, God never intended for you to do that on your own. If God put it in your heart and it was his purpose for you to do that thing, then he had a plan on getting you there. And many, many Christians who start businesses and who do business, some of them never achieve all that God wants them to achieve in business. And they never get in the flow and in the, in the flow of prosperity, in the flow of, uh, of um, uh, in, in your case, in the flow of having events on the calendar, of having clientele, many of them never reached the place where God intended for them to because they didn't rely upon the Lord to do it. They, they're, they're driven people, and, and because they're driven, they, they drove themselves to that place. Amen. You know, God calls a lot of people to ministry, and there's a way in the natural uh, to uh, achieve that goal. There are plenty of people that have done that. You go to Bible school. You can network and make connections. You can go to conferences. Uh, you, can, you, you can make friends with other preachers and other people. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do any of that. But, you know, there's some, there's some, there's some things that God wants to do with us that have to do with this. You know why many people don't believe in miracles is because they've never given God the opportunity to do them. They've never positioned themselves for them. Many people have never seen supernatural increase, not because it doesn't exist, but because they've never relied upon or depended upon the Lord to bring about super. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? There's a natural way and there's a spiritual way. There's a man way and there's a God way. Unfortunately, sometimes we, we don't understand. Listen, we just read this scripture, right? That his ways are higher than our ways. You know what that means? That means probably the way he does things is different. If they're higher, then they're different. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Oh, glory to God. Am, am I preaching yet? So, so, some of you ought to be writing more than what you are. 
maybe I should have come up with, I should come up with some little nuggets to say, and that way you can just write those down, and then maybe I'll be quoted on Facebook more often, right, Gabe? Because I, what was it? I like to be quoted, don't I, Gabe? <laughs> Dirty red. <laughs> for, for, and, and then the scripture, in the middle of it, it says this, for as the heavens are higher than the earth. What's that trying to say? Well, there, there, there's a way to do things in the heavenly realm. You know, I think uh, if I would, were to let Michael testify, uh, Michael Salazar, when, when um, you know, they've, they've been through quite a journey uh, in their uh, being here at Winter's Church and being a part of this church. And I, I watched Michael and Twyla go through a, a transition. And they began to pray and they began to ask the Lord. Um, and he would testify to this, so I'm not telling anything he wouldn't tell. But at one time... Um, in the early days of Winter's Church, I remember getting on his Facebook page and clicking on a video of a hailstorm that was happening. And you can hear Michael in the background. You can tell he is beside himself with an abundance of joy because there is baseball-sized hail falling out of the sky. And Michael is seeing dollar signs because that's his business, man. He's like, every roof in my neighborhood is going to need replaced. I mean, it's hitting at his neighborhood. And and I'm, I'm, I'm sure he was looking out the door at his neighbors thinking, glory to God, money cometh, amen. <laughs> at one time, they would pray for hail. When hail would come, they were like, ooh, it's good, you know. And so they, they lived according to the way everyone else in their industry lived, from hailstorm to hailstorm. But guess what? Living like that is feast or famine. Hail is unfaithful. Hail is here one day and then gone for five years. And then try to come back and get with you again five years later and lead you along. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? And so Michael, Michael, I think God began to give him a revelation, he and Twyla both, that God didn't intend for them to live from hailstorm to hailstorm. But God intended for them to live in his blessing. Come on, y'all. When every other roofer is going broke, that they're prospering. When every other business is laying people off, they're hiring. When no one else is ordering material, they're cleaning out the warehouse. Amen. Are y'all hearing me? That, 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 that the vendors that deal with them take joy in dealing with them because there's consistency in their business and there's not consistency. Do you know that when you, you're consistent with your vendors, they will bless you? You order millions and millions of dollars worth of roofing supplies from a company and they will give you tens of thousands of dollars back in incentives. See, now they're like, don't tell the secrets, bro. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, everyone else is paying one price for material, and you're paying a lower price because you, you, you buy all year long, every year, without fail. And everybody else is just every now and again. All right. Nobody's excited. Amen. So, so you see, uh, some of us have been looking for that, that kind of success. Well, you know what? You, you may be able to produce a measure of success. And even if you can produce yourself over into the million flow, you're still not going to get yourself to the place where God intended for you to be. 
influencing the people that God intended for you to influence, doing what God intended for you to do. Because some of you, you're going to make money, but you're not going to win anyone to Christ. Some of you are going to make money, but you're not going to do anything to build the kingdom. Some of you are going to go on to do what you feel like God called you to do, but the Lord's not going to be anywhere in it because you didn't go with him. And whether you realize this or not, he ain't really going with you either. But praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So this, this scripture, <laughs> so this scripture is telling us that there's a heavenly way. That there's a heavenly way. Amen. You know what? You know what some of us need to say right now? Lord, let my ways become your ways. Say this with me. Say, Lord, let my thoughts become your thoughts. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I know how things are done traditionally, but you all know as well as I do. When I came into this thing, it wasn't in a traditional manner. Come on. I, I, I'll, give you an ex, I'll give you examples later. So anyway, so we, we've been talking about Revelation, and, and, and uh, well, I guess we could read on. It says, uh, for as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Amen. And so God is a God of his word. He'll do what he said he would do. So... We talked last week about the difference between um, the difference between revelation and walking in the mind of God, because we we were able to establish this. God wants to think His thoughts through us. That's how that's how your ways become the ways of God. When you begin to allow your spirit to train your mind, instead of the other way around. Some of us trying to get our minds to train our spirit. Well, guess what? Your mind isn't in any kind of condition to train your spirit. But your spirit is in the best position to train you in your mind. Amen. And so we need to allow revelation or the spirit of God or God's word in us, uh, God's word spoken through us, uh, to train our mind and to train our thinking. That's how we have the mind of Christ. That's how our ways become his ways and our thoughts become his thoughts. Um, just because you know the Word of God doesn't mean you have revelation. Because many times what we do is we hear information and we come to a place of mental ascent, but we don't, we don't, uh, we don't see these things come to that. So this is what I want to, I definitely want you all to hear this. Because there are many of us that have been battling in our church with sickness. Sickness in our families, sickness in our children. Uh, some of you have wrestled with, um, with all kinds of, of uh, things physically. And listen, this has, been, this has been running rampant through the church. I've had phone calls from people say, Pastor, I'm sick of this. But also, some, some of y'all that I've talked to, some of y'all are frustrated because you're like, well, Pastor, we're doing what you said. It ain't working. I mean, you didn't say it quite like that, but it's like, how do we get this to work? How do we get this to work today? Because we're suffering right now. We're going, through the, we're going through the fire. We're going through the flood right now. We need help now. Amen. 
And so here's, here's how you know the difference between whether you've reached a place of mental ascent or whether you've, you're in a place where his thoughts are your thoughts and his ways are your ways. When, when, you, can, when you can go into your house, when you, well, if I, was to, if I was to say this, if I was to say, all right, how many of y'all believe in, how many of y'all believe in the miraculous? How many of you believe in healing? Amen. We're, we're all, amen. I believe in miracles. Okay, well then go home and come back tonight, everybody in, in your household healed. I believe in miracles. Okay, well then when you come back here next week, come back here totally out of debt, debt-free, supernatural increase, because, you know, we, we're, we, we believe in miracles. And if we believe in miracles, then bless God at all that. Well, most of us, we, we can't do that, or we, we don't. And, and here's why. Because we've reached a place of mental ascent. Because we've, we know it in our heads. But we've not yet we've not yet figured out how to appropriate it, how to how to how to cause there to be a, a manifestation of the promises of God in our life. So let me tell you this: uh, the fact that some of you are really pressing in and really looking for answers and really believing God—that's the first step. You know what? Uh, if, if you're not concerned about these things not happening or not manifesting, then you've not even gotten off the bench. But some of you, not, not only have you gotten off the bench, you've gotten in the game. Because you realize that there's something, there's something wrong. If, if we're believing that God is a miracle-working God and we're not seeing miracles, amen. Then you, then you start questioning. Like Gideon, if the Lord be with me, then where be his miracles? Y'all remember that message, miracles? If the Lord be with me, then where are his miracles? Amen. Well, he's a miracle-working God. We know, we know how the kingdom operates. Amen, don't we? Don't we know how the kingdom operates? Hallelujah. Let me, let me tell you this. I'll, I'll read this one thing to you that I wrote down. It's the spirit that opens up the realm of the supernatural to the believer. It's the spirit that opens up the realm of the supernatural to the believer. It's not something that happens because one puts his mind on it. It's something that happens as the Spirit opens up and opens up that realm. And so many, many of us, many of us, ooh, shatea, <laughs> many of us have difficulty because we've not developed a reliance on the Spirit on the level necessary to see these things happen. I told you this, I told you this last week. It's the last thing I'm going to tell you that I said last week. Uh, uh, coming to a place of mental ascent is a part of the journey but it's not the destination. Obtaining knowledge is extremely important. How and where we get that knowledge plays a role in its effectiveness in our lives. See, some, some of you, like Michelle, glad you're here today, but Michelle, I didn't know this about Michelle, but she has it in her heart to be an actress. In fact, she doesn't just have it in her heart, she does it. She's, she's an actress. Now, some of y'all didn't know that. If you've been on, you know, seen her Facebook page at all, you, you'd come to, to, to understand that. Now, here's the thing. If that's in her heart and that's something that the Lord put in our heart, her heart, how many of you know that God has a way of wanting to bring that to pass? Now, when you're, when you're on your own and you have to navigate those waters on your own, it becomes extremely difficult. 
But if you can get the mind of God on the matter, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, she, she understands that that's something that's in her heart, and it's something that she wants to do. But how she goes about doing that and seeing that come to pass in her life and who she involves in her life to make sure that that happens is extremely important. I'll tell you what she doesn't want to do. She doesn't want to go to somewhere in California, somewhere, you know, uh, you know, Los Angeles or San Diego or, you know, someplace like that and pull and, 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 get, and go by a telephone pole and see an advert that says, would you like to be in movies? Take, take one of these numbers. Listen, that... How many of you know that's probably not going to lead her down the amen. That's probably not going to lead her down the road that she wants to go down. You know, but if if it's God's plan, he has a plan. He has a amen. Now, is God's way and God's plan going to happen in your time frame? No. Is it always going to look like he's leading you to the to the place where you want to go? No. No, I'll just give you an example. When the Lord called me to ministry, uh, number one, I didn't want to go in the ministry. I wanted to be a lawyer. I remember the first time that ministry was, was planted in my head. Uh, it, was, it was something that was going on in my spirit. In fact, three days, do you know, you know, when, I, you know when I started preaching? After I got saved, after I got saved, I started preaching three days after I got saved. I didn't realize what I was doing was responding to something that was in my spirit. Now, in my head, did I believe I could preach? No, in my head, I didn't even think I was preaching. I didn't think I was a preacher. I was just following what was in my spirit. I was following what was in the innermost part of my being. Did I have a lot of knowledge of the Bible? No, I knew one scripture. John three. In fact, I did, I did a search in a concordance because uh, I knew I had gotten born again. So I searched a concordance to find out if there were scriptures on being born again. And it just happened to be one of the first scriptures I came across in the New Testament. It, said, it was a John 3, 3, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I thought, well, there it is. You know, it's in the book. Uh, you got to be born again. And so I went and I rented that Bible from the library, big old giant family Bible. I knew I was going to have difficulty. I was a, I was a, I'm not going to be able to say everything I need to say. Um. Uh, let, let, me, let me tell you, fear and shame are going to be the greatest obstacles that you have to overcome. Fear and shame are going to have to be the greatest obstacles that you have to overcome. When I got born again, you know what? I was afraid of what everyone might think. You know, the other thing, the other thing that I was uh, concerned about, I was concerned about the shame that I would experience because, listen, I was a metalhead. When I got kicked out of school that Wednesday and got born again that Wednesday, I mean, I was in church with spike wristbands on my, on, my, on my arms with a leather jacket on. I had my Kiss t-shirt on that Gene Simmons had spit blood on. I, I mean, I had my tight rolled jeans like Gaby started to wear. I had my tight rolled jeans on. I mean, I was, I was, ah! And I had hair, a lot of it. 
I mean, I bang my head. <laughs> my hair would move. I actually had hair. That would, now I have a single hair that... <laughs> when, I, when I had a motorcycle, I used to love for the wind to blow through my one hair. Amen. But anyway, <clears throat> so when I got born again, you know, I, I had been a drug addict. I'd, I'd been an alcoholic. I had, I had uh, lived a lifestyle that wasn't, uh, that wasn't holy, that wasn't Christian. And so, I, you know, as a teenager, my thought was, what if I know they're going to make fun of me. I'm going to be made fun of because um, this, isn't, <laughs> this isn't what I've been. Do you know how I handled that? I didn't handle that by shrinking back. I handled that by jumping in. You know what? I, you know what I did? I ensured... Because the devil, and I didn't do this on purpose, because I knew the devil would try to, make, to shame me, to make me afraid. You know what I did? I made sure that I would be ashamed by finding the biggest Bible I could find and determining that I was going to stick it under my arm and take it to school. I thought, I'm not going to let you shame me, devil. I'm going to, I'm going to put myself up. I'm, going to, I'm not going to let you humiliate me. I'm going to humble myself. Some of y'all ought to really be listening to what I'm saying. Devil, I'm not going to let you, you know, that word humble. Do you know that word humble is when the Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. You know what that, you know, humble sounds good. Right? Oh, he's so humble, he's so humble. Let's take the word and let's change it. Humiliate yourself under the mighty hand of God. You know, I, I've never met anyone who's real gung-ho about humiliation. In fact, that's why some of you don't want to even come and talk to me. Because you don't want to feel humiliated. You don't want to feel, I'm embarrassed. Yeah, you know what that is? That's the devil. That's not God. That whole idea of you wanting to hide and, and, and uh, protect yourself from shame. You know what, Romans, Romans chapter 1 pull that Romans chapter 1 verse 16 Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says something I think is important glory to God it says this for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ say this with me say for I am not ashamed you know God the the, the first the first thing that the enemy is going to try to use against you is fear and shame I heard Bill Winston this morning. He said something. He said, he said, in order, he says, he said this, and I'm trying to say it the way he said it. He said, he said, you gotta go through the wall of shame to get to the hall of fame. You gotta go through, and he just happened to be talking about this this morning. He said, you gotta go through the wall of shame to get to the hall of fame. And it's true. It's true. That's, that's how my ministry started. I had to tear down the wall of shame to get over there into the mind of God and into the uh, ways of God. And I had to be willing, not, not just to, you know, 
it wasn't a thing of being humiliated because of what the Lord was doing in my life. I made a decision, and I didn't even know it was scriptural. I didn't even know what I was doing was humbling myself under the mighty hand of God. The Bible says if you'll humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he will exalt you in due season. Amen. If you've never... If you've never been exalted, then maybe you've never humiliated yourself under his hand. See, I didn't realize that when I rented that Bible out of the, out of the library, out of the public library, and made a decision that I wasn't going to, and, I, it, and I, I didn't, this wasn't my thought process. I just, I was, it wasn't something that I did Consciously, it wasn't something that I strategized to do. It was the Spirit of God that was working in my life because I thought to myself, How am I going to tell them? They're going to make fun of me. How am I going to do this? And it just popped up in, on the inside of me. So, right away, right in the beginning, God's Spirit was trying to lead me. It popped up out of my spirit. Go rent a big old giant Bible. If you put a giant Bible under your arm, they'll know. You know, there's something very empowering about humiliating yourself instead of being humiliated by others. You have control. Amen. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it's the power of God unto salvation. Amen. When you start believing God for healing. You know what? When your whole family is sick. When they're suffering and they're going through difficulty uh, physically. And you start to believe God. You know what? When you start believing that God's going to bring about a divine healing or, or bring about a miracle. There are people that will try to shame you. They're going to give you all kind of advice. My dad, he comes to this church every now and again. I, I love my dad. I, I have nothing against him. But you know, my dad, he doesn't, he doesn't realize that sometimes what he's doing is he's not really helping out with, you know, Tyler or anybody he's talking to. He's not really producing faith. But sometimes something will be said from the pulpit or I'll say something about, well, I'll say something about Tyler maybe. Say something about supernatural increase. Well, I'm believing God. Supernatural increase is headed my way. You know what? When you start talking like that, when you start talking like that outside of the four walls of this church, not only will people of the world try to humiliate you, but people in the church will try to humiliate you. Some of you, some of you won't believe God for supernatural increase and for God's blessing financially because of the shame that, that people try to... Why, why do you think the devil be trying to shame people who believe God to prosper them? Same with divine healing. Same with divine healing. We believe God for divine healing. People are like, well, you got to have more wisdom than that. No, listen, the word of God says that by the stripes of Jesus, I was, I am, not forever will be healed. Amen. But there's something, there's something when you go to declaring that in public. Are y'all hearing me today? I'm not going to say a word outside in public. I'm sure not going to say nothing that God said to me. You know, as a teenager. I'll never, I'll never forget. The Lord, the Lord, uh, he, you know, he saved me. I went and got that Bible. My grandmother, who I thought would be for it, was like, what are you doing? Well, I'm taking this Bible to school. She says, well, you're going to have to take more, do more than take a Bible to school. You know, she had her ideas. But, you know, I was in the infancy of my, of my obedience to the Lord. I was in my infancy in seeing come to, to, to fruition 
what the, you know, the Lord called me to preach. The Lord called me to ministry. Do you know how it started? With a big old fat Bible. And crazy obedience, simple obedience. Guess what? Uh, people made fun of me when I rolled up with that Bible. But I preached the word of God anyhow. Amen. You know what? I wasn't, I wasn't ashamed. I had already gone through the shame when I picked up the Bible and took it home. I had already gone through the process of, 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 of what I would experience when I went to school and I started telling people, you must be born again. I'd already, been, I'd already rehearsed it. I had three days to rehearse it. And after three days of rehearsal, I knew what I would face and I was ready to face it. I decided I wasn't going to be ashamed of the gospel. Amen. And I had to make that decision over and over and over and over and over again. Because then I moved from Ohio. I was in Ohio for a year. I preached to those people in Ohio for a year. I preached at lunch. Every, you know, there was times that I would preach at lunch and everybody would gather around at, at two, two or three lunch tables just to listen to me preach the gospel. I won hundreds of kids to Christ in high school. In Ohio. But then I moved from Ohio to, back to Oklahoma. Now I had to face all the people that, that knew me as the, as the heavy metal, you know, lead singer of a heavy metal band. I mean, they didn't know me that way in Ohio. All they knew is that I was a metalhead. But none of it had ever seen our band perform. None of it ever, I mean, you know, I was, I was one of the coolest guys in school because I was up there, you know, singing in a heavy metal band. And now here I roll up into school, and instead of shout at the devil, I'm saying, praise the Lord. Again, I have to go, I have to make the decision. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm sitting in choir class. When all of a sudden the Lord gives me a word of knowledge by the Spirit. There's someone in this classroom that has back trouble. We had a substitute teacher that day. You know how it is when you have a sub, you can get away with anything. And my mind didn't change about that after I became a Christian. I just, I just took advantage of, advantage of it in a different way. So I'm sitting in that class, and all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord speaks, says, there's someone here that has back trouble. He says, if you'll, the Lord said this, he said, if you'll minister to them, I'll, uh, I'll uh, heal them. Well, you know, there I am, having to make a decision. Am I ashamed or am I not ashamed? Boy, listen, I'm preaching right now. Am I going to be ashamed or am I not going to be ashamed? I lifted my hand. The, the teacher, the sub called on me. I, she said, you know, when she looked up my name on the, <laughs> yes, Sanchez. I, yes, I said, uh, I stood up. I said, listen, the Lord just spoke to me. In choir class. This ain't church. This is choir class. The Lord just spoke to me and said, there's someone here that has back trouble. The Lord said, if you'll step out, he'll heal you. She's, and the teacher says, excuse me? I said, the Lord said, there's someone here with back trouble. If you'll step out here today, and, and the Lord will heal you. And you know, choir's kind of set up like church. Wouldn't you know? The biggest, meanest dude in choir, he's only in there to get an A. Only A he got on his report card. You understand? Easy class. But 
big old dude. He's Native American too. And he's me. H- had long hair, had a his his and for real, Tali, his name's like Running Bull or something like that. I mean, he had a he had a Native American name. And you know, he, he steps out, he says, I got back trouble. I was like, step in the aisle. Step, I know y'all have heard me tell this testimony. Some of you have heard me tell this testimony. I was like, step in the aisle. He didn't know nothing. He just stepped out into the aisle. I said, lift up your hands. The teacher the whole time is behind me saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? I said, just hang on a minute, lady. The Lord's doing something here. And she's standing there. She's like, what's going on? She's asking other students, what's going on? They're looking at her like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. For I am not ashamed. For I am not ashamed. For I am not ashamed. For I am not. Listen, some of you are not ashamed depending on who you're hanging out with. Depending on what friends you have over that night. Depending on who you went out to eat with. Depending on who you went shopping with. Are y'all hearing me today? But we need, to, we, need to, we need to take a stand no matter, glory to God. See, if you're going to discover God's ways, if you're going to have the mind of God, if you're going to walk in the ways of God, then you can't be ashamed of His mind. You can't be ashamed of His thoughts. You can't be ashamed of His ways. We're living in a time and in a generation where for the most part, most people are ashamed of the gospel of Christ. They're afraid of loss of fellowship. They're afraid of reproach. They're afraid of persecution. They're afraid of missing opportunities because of their association uh, with, with, with the gospel. Because of their belief that... Because of their believing that God wants to be in charge of their ways. That God wants to be in charge of their thoughts. That God wants them to walk in a victory that was designed for the believer. A place of favor. I walked back there to that guy. I said, I said, lift up your hands. He lifted up his hands. I said, in the name of Jesus. And I pointed my finger at him, and I went to put my hands on him. And before I could get my hands on him, the power of God fell on him, and he hit the floor under the power. No catcher, hit the floor under the power. He fell out under the power of God. He laid there in the choir room, trembling, his hands up in the air. Tears began streaming down his eyes. The teacher came up and said, stop fighting. Stop fighting. I said, lady, ain't nobody fighting here. She said, what's going on? I said, that's the Holy Ghost. See, some of us wonder why we've never seen a demonstration of the power of God through our life. I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to have a demonstration of the power of God, you're not just going to have it within the four walls of the church. And if you do, it's not going to, it's not going to challenge you in any way to live any differently. Uh, you're, you're, it's not going to challenge your thinking. It's not going to challenge your mind, your thoughts. It's not going to challenge your ways. It's when you take it outside the four walls of these church and you're at Clark's crew and the Lord says get you a little bit of that grease off of that plate and anoint that person over there with oil. Pray over them the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise. You say, well, the Lord wouldn't do that. No, he hadn't done that with you yet because his ways are higher than your way. And his... When, you, when you're satisfied with your own ways and your own thinking and your own desires, why in the world would the Lord try to come in and give you a higher thought? 
or try to get you to move in a higher way. See, some of you think, well, I can't do that. That'll get me. One of the challenges that Sheree and others have of getting people to go out and to preach the gospel, to go to the hospital. Do you know what? Do you know one? You know the, the thing that we hear now sometimes, every time. Every time we're going to go in the hospital to minister to sick people. Not sometimes, every time. Every Christian that we try to invite to the hospital to do ministry says this. We can't do that. We don't have permission. Shouldn't we talk to the chaplain? Listen, if talking to the chaplain would have got it done, it'd be happening. Guess what? <laughs> the Bible don't talk about going to the chaplain. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Am I harping on this too much? I, I want, I'm, I'm, trying to cha I'm trying to challenge you to live according to the kingdom. To elevate, to elevate your life to kingdom living. Some people talk about kingdom living, but it's not a challenge. It's not a challenge. When we go and we give them a script, there's some of you in this church. You won't go out and do evangelism in Bricktown because you don't like the script. Are you kidding me? What you don't realize is it's just your own thoughts getting in the way of the thoughts and the mind of God. And I don't listen, I don't care how spiritual you think you are. Because I'm I feel like I'm a spiritual person, and the enemy's constantly trying to get me to rely upon my own thoughts and my own thinking. Constantly trying to get me to put to bring into well, you know, it's just I'll do it. It's not my thing. The Bible doesn't say if evangelism is your thing, go do it. The Bible commands every one of us as believers to go and preach the gospel to every creature. See, some of you are masking your shame with, well, I just don't feel like that's my grace. When what it really has to do with is I got to talk to people. Anyway, praise the Lord. <clears throat> I know I'm on it. I, I could tell I'm on it because I'm watching y'all and y'all are like, eh. <laughs> I mean, do you really want to do this or do you want to just keep talking about it? Because if you want me to, I can get up here and talk about it, and I can get up here and slap my hand on people's heads, and they can fall out on the floor, and y'all clap and go and have lunch and have a good time. Or we can all get in there, and we can do the work that Jesus did and greater works than he did. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you something. You don't realize this, but that's the key to the breakthrough for Jasmine Ross events. That's the key to the breakthrough for, uh, what is it called? Inspire Clean. Amen to 2%. Embellish. Amen. <laughs> ties, ties mobile detail. 
Gabe's drum, drum instruction. No, 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 no. <laughs> so that guy's on the floor. You know what? What was what was an embarrassment? What 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 could have been? Because here's what we think: What if nothing happens? What if I say that and there's nobody here? What if I pray and nothing happens? You know, I, I my my family was sick and I prayed and prayed and prayed and didn't see nothing happen. What if nothing happens here? And then what am I going to do? Thank God, you know, uh, when we're obedient, when God can count on us, He'll show up. That, that guy fell out on the floor. I looked down at him. I said, I said, that's Jesus touching you. He, he looked at me like, well, you an idiot. I know. I said, have you ever given your heart to Jesus? The guy was like, no. I said, pray this with me. While he's on the floor, I'm praying him through a sinner's prayer. He gave his heart to Jesus. Before he got off the floor, he was speaking in an unknown. He left, he left the choir room that day praying in an unknown tongue. That, that happened before I ever stepped behind a pulpit to preach. See, some of, you, some of you have never gotten past the shame of declaring the word outside of the four walls of the church, and you want an opportunity in here. Well, I'm preaching. Am, is this too rough today? Am I being too rough today? I, I'm, ju I'm just telling you there's a, there's a way... There's a way that these things happen. And some of you have been like, well, Pastor, you said, you said, yeah, but I didn't just say, I, I went and rented a Bible. When I, heard, when I heard the word of the Lord, and the word of the Lord to me, amen, glory to, see, some of us, some of us, it, it, it's this, we haven't heard the word of the Lord. Ooh, I have not preached not one thing I intended on preaching. Not one thing. I'm not in these notes. I'm gonna, I mean, I read the stuff from last week to you. But look, look what it says in Amos chapter. Go to Amos chapter 3. Amos chapter 3. Ah! Can you can all sit just for a minute longer? Amos chapter 3, verse, uh, I know you're waiting. Verse 7. Surely the Lord will do nothing. Listen to this. Ooh, look at this. Ted's retired, so now I'm messing with Debbie. <laughs> Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. In other words, God's not going to do anything until there's a word revealed. See, God wasn't about to do nothing through me until I got that revealed word. Ye must be born again. See, that was the word of the Lord to me. You must be born again. They must be born again. That word revealed to me led me to that Bible, sticking it under my arm, and then going and preaching to people three days after I got born again. And having hundreds of kids born again in high school for the first eight months of, of my walk with God. That, after that first eight months, I went, came here to Oklahoma, had that encounter in the choir room. Do you know once I prayed for that guy in the choir room, it went nuts. 
That, that, now listen, that day I went to lunch. I'm sitting there at lunch. I put my tray down in a cafeteria full of people. People have heard what was happening. I bowed my head to pray for my food. As I bowed my head to pray for my food, I, when I opened up my eyes and looked up, there looked like a flying saucer that was coming through the air. It's a silver disc and hit me right in the head. It was a ham. It was, we had cheeseburgers that day. It was a cheeseburger. They used to, I don't know if they still do it, but they would wrap them in this foil paper at school. And it was a cheeseburger wrapped in that foil paper. Do you know what? I am not ashamed. Say this with me. Say, I am not ashamed, am not ashamed. of the gospel of Christ. Do you know in that moment I had to choose between being embarrassed and the gospel of Christ? I knew that that hamburger came flying, that cheeseburger, let's clarify. I knew that that cheeseburger didn't come flying at me because I was a, I was a hood. Listen, before I got born again, no one would have dreamed of throwing anything at me. The reason I had to move to Ohio was because I was beating up students and teachers. I was expelled completely from school. From the last time I got expelled, from the, and I was in the 10th grade, the last time I got expelled was because I beat up a teacher. Do you understand? I beat up a teacher. I mean, fist fighting in the classroom with this teacher and put him down. And I was expelled from school. So I went from that to less than a year later, someone having the gall. They, they wouldn't have done that, B.C. They wouldn't have done that, B.C. B.C., they'd have, listen, B.C., I'd have had their money before. You know, they wouldn't have had money for lunch. You know, <clears throat> B.C., but glory to God. But, but after A.D., a cheeseburger hit me in the head. I had a choice. I had a choice. You know what? I could either be embarrassed Or humble myself under the mind. You know what I did? I stood up on my chair. I grabbed that cheeseburger. And I said, thank you, Lord. I said, Lord, you knew one cheeseburger wouldn't be enough, so you sent me another one airmail. Hallelujah. I opened up that cheeseburger. I took a giant bite out of it, and I sat back down, and I enjoyed my lunch. Amen. When I left the lunchroom that day, there was a girl that caught me between the lunchroom and the, the, uh, the next building I was going into for class. As I was walking toward that building to class, she stopped me. She said, she grabbed me by the shirt. She said, I want what you got. I didn't know what she meant. You know what I was saying? I didn't know whether to say Hora Babylon or, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know what she meant. So I said, what are you talking about? 
She said, you're different. When you were here before, that you, you came back. It's like there's a light around you. I said, you want the Holy Ghost. She said, I don't know what it is, but I want it. I prayed with her uh, a prayer of forgiveness, a prayer of rededication to the Lord. I laid hands on her, and she fell out under the power between those two buildings. She was tardy for her next class, and I was on time. Pretty soon, I was getting called out of class by the counselors to go in and counsel with people. I had an Episcopalian counselor. Came over the announcement, Ziggy Sanchez, Ziggy Sanchez, please report to the office. Yeah. You know what happens next, everybody? Ooh. Man, I took, and I took, and I took it, I humiliated myself regular. I remember I got up that day, I was like, glory to God, hallelujah. Oh, and I, I'd pray in tongues all the time, too. Shelebrehesa, and people be like, praise the Lord. I'd lay hands on them. They're like, what's he saying? Oh, he's just talking Spanish. I'm like, Kayabo. I went to the counselor's office. Counselor's Episcopalian priest. She says to me, she says, can you go in here and pray for this guy? Or no, can you go in and counsel with this guy? She said, can you go in and counsel with him? And then she looked around, she goes, you need to pray for him. I said, what's going on? Well, he's having some issues. And then she got to look around. She got quiet. She said, he's got devils. I won't make a long story short. I went in there. The guy was strung out on something. I think he was on acid. I laid hands on him, prayed for him. The Lord delivered him from that evil spirit. When he walked by the Episcopalian uh, counselor's office, he was praying in an unknown tongue. She came out, she high-fived me, she said, thank you. I said, anytime, amen. Anytime. Glory to God. Are y'all hearing this today? Glory to God. Say that with me. Say, I am not ashamed. Pastors were coming to the school after that. This is this how we're, God called me to go into, I got a word from God, I was going into the ministry. Well, you know what, there's a way to do that. Finish school, graduate, go to Bible school. But you know what happened with me? As I obeyed, every time I obeyed, every time I did what God told me to do, every time I responded with obedience, Another door opened. Pastors started calling the school. Does Ziggy Sanchez attend school there? Yeah. Uh, can, is there any way I could speak with him? Who's this? My name's Pastor So-and-so. We want to have him, you know, we want to have him come minister to the young people. And we did. I get, I get called out of class to take phone calls from preachers. They would show up at the school to have lunch with me in the lunchroom. For I am not ashamed. Surely God will do nothing. You know what? Nothing would have happened unless 
the secret had been revealed in my own spirit. And there had been an act of obedience on my part to get it done. It's not too late. Turn to someone and tell them it's not too late. It's not too late for you to do this. It's not too late for you to do this. Amen. You say, yeah, but Brother Ziggy, God had a special call for you. No, listen, you got to throw that away. God has a word for you. He has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. He has a design for you. You have, to, you have to be sold out to it. You have to believe that God has a better way, that his way is higher than your ways. It's better than your way. And his thoughts, they're higher than your thoughts. His thoughts are better toward you than you think toward yourself. They called me in to have, they, they start saying, uh, they start having a, a meetings, what do they call it? Uh, oh, uh, no, addiction, where you, people were addicted, uh, uh, sobriety, you know, meetings or whatever. Yeah, something like that. And th- but they have, they're having them at school. They said, well, Zeke, you need to come. And they all get in there, hi, my name is so-and-so, I'm an alcoholic. I, I said I in there, I'm like, I ain't no alcoholic, I ain't no drug addict. I said, well, once you've been an addict, you'll always be an addict. I said, no, I became a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away. All things become new. I started preaching to them. Hey, you know, they had sob stories. They'd go in there and talk about last time they used. Second meeting I went in, they were like, everybody's going through their sob story. And they got to me. I said, my name's Ziggy. Y'all know I ain't no addict. I said, but I will tell you this, this weekend I've, I was the last time I used. They all went, oh, they were so disappointed. I said, yeah, I said, I went to church. And I said, halfway through the meeting, the new wine was poured out. Amen. Glory to God. I said, I began drinking from the well. Hallelujah. You know, Carmen's song was popular back then. You know, I've been drinking from the well. (laughs) The well that the world knows not of. (laughs) So I began telling them how that I had tapped into the flow. And boy, listen, I started getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. And that was before it was popular. Man, all them people got drunk in the Holy Ghost. They had no idea what was hitting them. They're all laughing and falling on the floor, getting filled with the Spirit, getting drunk on the new wine. But it had to do with the, the Word of God, the, the revelation that God had, amen. Praise God. How many of you are receiving this here today? So wh- wh- where do you start? Well, you start where you're at. You can't, you can't start anywhere else. you got to start where you're at. Eventually, obedience took me from being in school. Now, you know what? Finish school. That's, that's, where, that's where you think. But the Lord told me, quit. Go into the minute. Those same counselors called me in and said, I, I'll never forget it. They, Brandon, it was a surprise. I got called out of class. I thought I was going to go minister to somebody. No, the superintendent was there. The, the, both the, uh, all the principals were there from the school. Um, and uh, the, both the counselors. And our school were there. And, and the Episcopalian counselor said, well, Zig, we called you in here. I'm going to start this. And, um, and the superintendent said, no, I'll start. Uh, these secretaries aren't your secretaries. 
you got to tell these preachers to quit calling. We don't pay them to take, to take messages for you. I said, I didn't tell them to call. And, and the Episcopalian said, she says, well, hang on a minute. We're not going to, I don't even want to get into that. She said, Zig, she said, I'm going to give you some advice. I think you need to quit school. My counselor. Didn't ask my daddy or nothing. She said, there's nothing more that schooling's going to do for you. She said, we all know, everyone in this room knows where you're going. God's called you to preach. You're going to be in ministry. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, there's no, nothing more we can do for you. You're not going to get anything else. You need to leave here and get some other kind of education. A higher, a higher education in the things of the spirit. She said, but honestly, that's, the, that's how I'm advising you. I was like, well, I mean, I didn't, that didn't agree with my mind. That didn't agree with my dad. I walked out of there. I'm gonna t can I tell you one last thing? I'm going to tell you one last thing. I walked out of there. I went to class. I'll, I'll never forget it. I went to class. I was reminded of this almost 15 years later. When I walked into Mardell on 89th, it used to be on 89th and, and Western, I think. I walked into that Mardell one day. I went in there to buy a pen. I was on staff at a church. So it was, yeah, no, I wasn't on staff yet. No, I, I was something. Anyway, uh, I went in to get a pen. That's all I know for sure. Ted was with me. And when I walked in, listen to me. When I walked in, the guy working at the, at the Mardell saw me and he came over to help me. He said, can I help you? When I turned to look at him, he goes, it's you. He said, you're Ziggy. I said, yeah. He said, wait here. He said, stay here. Don't go anywhere. And I, and I said, okay. I looked at Ted. I'm, I'm not lying in my Ted. I, I look at Ted. I'm like, oh. Ted's like, who's that? I'm like, I don't know. So we're still looking at, at the pens behind the glass. And the guy comes over. Tears. Listen. He's not just crying, he's sobbing. He's crying, slobbering, snotting. He said, do you remember me? I said, no. He said, Central Mid-High. Uh, sixth Hour. Mr. Schof. We used to call him Papa Smurf. I said, did we have that class together when we were in school? He said, yes. I said, I'm sorry. I, I don't remember you, but I said, that's awesome. H how are you? He said, you don't even know. I said, what? I said, you're here at Mardell. I said, are you born again? I mean, I'm always trying to get people saved. I was like, are you born again? You know, I'm about to try to lead him to Christ. And he said, he said, can I, can I tell you what happened to me? This was the day that I checked, that I, that I left school. It was after the counselor's meeting. I went to that class, and when I left that class, I went and I withdrew from school and went into the ministry. But I went to Mr. Schof's class. Last thing I did was went to Mr. Schof's to algebra. He said, let me tell you. He said, 
I have prayed that God would give me an opportunity to see you again. Because I've not seen you since. He said, I'll never forget the day. He said, I was a, I was a good Baptist boy. Went to church. He said, but that's really all I did was go to church. He said, one day you walked into class, and when you walked into class, you came in late, and everybody was harassing you. Oh, you're late. I thought you was a Christian. And he said, and then some were like, you got a word for us, preacher. You got a word for us. He said, I'll never forget. He said, you said, yeah, I have a word for you. Don't eat yellow snow. Ted knows that's right. He's like, I tried it. It don't work. Don't eat yellow snow. He said, and then someone, and Mr. Shope was trying to settle everyone down. He said, and then someone said, do you have a song for us, preacher? He said, he said, I'll never forget. You had sat down. He said, but then you stood up again. And he said, and you began to sing Amazing Grace. He said, you sang it through Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. You, he said, you sang the first verse. He said, and I was so embarrassed for you. He said, because I was going to church and I claimed to be a Christian. He said, but I thought, God, help him, help him make it through this. I'm so embarrassed for him. He said, but you didn't stop with the first verse. He said, then you sang the second verse. He said, and then you sang the third verse. He said, then you went into praise God, praise God. He said, you had your hands lifted in the air, praising God. He said, tears were in your eyes. He said, and in that moment, I said, Lord, I repent. I need for you to do something in my life like what you've done in his life. He's, this is in Mardell. He's there telling me, people are walking by, and he's telling me this. Crying, I mean, he's got snot coming out of his nose. He's wiping his face. And he says, he says, that day I left school, he said it was a Wednesday. He said, I went to church. I rededicated my heart to the Lord. I found a spirit-filled church. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. He said, I've been faithful to God ever since that day. He said, and from that day, he said, I came back to school. He said, uh, the following day, he said, I, was, I couldn't wait for algebra class. So that I could tell you what happened, he said, but I never saw you again. He said, and on that day, he said, I prayed, God, give me an opportunity to tell him thank you. Are y'all hearing this today? Listen, this isn't, this isn't, a, this isn't a book that I read. That, that's, why I, that's why I said earlier, you ought to take the opportunity to come here on Wednesdays. Because you're not, you're not here listening to someone who's telling stories out of a book that they read somewhere. That's regurgitating something that they got at a conference somewhere. That they heard someone else tell a story about. We have, we have an opportunity. You know, we, we listen to some of these yahoos, and I'm not, I'm not being ugly, but we listen to some of these yahoos on YouTube and on television, and, you know, they bring out props, and they're laying on the floor, and they're doing all kinds. I mean, I'll, I guess I'll lay on the floor if that'll help you. I guess we could bring out some props. I mean, I'll get a Nerf gun, shoot you. <laughs> you know, put on the whole armor of God. Every day. 
to absorb all the fiery darts. Glory. Boy, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Super Soaker 2. <laughs> Super Soaker 2020. <laughs> but, but he looked at me and he said, he said, thank you. He hugged me, man. I mean, I had big old face print on my shirt. I, I, I stood there. It was awesome, wasn't it, Ted? We stood there and we, we just began to praise God. At the, you know what? Even at Mardell, there was an opportunity. In my mind, there was an opportunity. Are you going to be ashamed? Are you going to be ashamed? I was like, no, I'm not going to be ashamed. Bless God. He was glad to hear that I, was, that I went into ministry and been in ministry for that whole time. Stand up all over the place. Right on time. <laughs> I was like, we are? <clears throat> you know, if I could do it, you could do it. Some of you more settled in your ways now than you were back in the day, but his ways are still his ways. And they're still higher than yours. And his thoughts, they're still higher than your thoughts. There's still a better way to do things, to do business, to do ministry, to do music. You know, God, God, has, God has called this church to go way higher than what we've been in our worship and in our praise. And some of us, we're trying to figure it out. How are we going to do that? Well, you know what? You're not going to do it by figuring it out. In your, you're, Eric's not going to direct this. Eric might be used by the Lord to direct it, but Eric don't have what it takes in his own mind to get it done. I was telling the McMillans last night, we had dinner with them, prayed at their house. I told them last night, I said, I know how to pastor a church. Ten years. I've been a pastor for 10 years. Some people look at me, they're like, we know you don't know how to do it. Well, you know what? When, when God called me to do it, I did, I'd already done so much in what I'm telling you all here. All this stuff that I'm telling you, this is the only reason why we've done anything that we've done. That's how the sick were healed. How blind eyes were opened. How deaf ears were unstopped. How growths fell off of people's bodies. How the dead were raised. It's how we've seen all these things manifested. It had, it had none of it. None of it has been because we learned it through someone instructing. Now here's how you put your hand on someone. No, it's been by getting into his presence. Allowing the spirit of God to bring revelation. And so when we started this church, you know, the, the enemy told me straight up, you're going to kill these people. You're going to have a bunch of people come, but all, they'll all die because you're too rough. You're too rough. I was like, well, Lord told me to do it. I don't care what you say, devil. I mean, you know, it's, it's not like I'm going to consider you. You put me in the ditch. 
So just obedience to the Lord, you know. Annie too. And I've, I've had people tell me, well, you're a better evangelist than you are a pastor. Like, no, duh. You know, I mean, duh. I did that for 20-something years, 30-something years now. 30, 37 years. 37 years of being an evangelist. Ten of that being an evangelist and a pastor. I had pastors say, well, you can't do that. You can't do both. I'm like, no, you can't do both. I have a word from God. Oh, you'll never make it. Here we are ten years later. Some of them gone. All it took to take them out was COVID. And here we are. I know some people look at me and say, well, you only ain't very big. Well, neither are y'all anymore. <laughs> And I didn't have to set up bouncy houses or. <laughs> I'm not going to get on Facebook on, on Easter and take pictures. Boy, we got 300 in the house. Yeah, Easter. Are you kidding me? Used to annoy me every Easter. Be like, are y'all serious? You had to have a helicopter fly over, dump eggs on people. Give away 1,700 bikes, two color televisions, three PlayStation 5s, some cooler that sells for $500 and ain't worth 50 cents. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, all kinds of craziness. What kind of cooler is that? Oh, yeah. Huh? Oh, see, you even, y'all even know. Yeti. <laughs> But we've gotten here by following the Lord. By doing His Word. By believing what the Bible says about His Word. Boy, I didn't, I didn't get any of this. But I'll preach next week, though. I'll preach the week after next. Pastor Andy's preaching next week. Praise the Lord. Yes, you, look at she got it. I could see it. I could see it on her. Stretch your hands toward her. In the name of Jesus. Woo! Revelation. Show your body. <laughs> His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Amen. You're not ashamed. See, that shame will try to keep you. Don't do it. Don't let it happen. Glory to God. Amen. Don't let it happen, me Lord. No shame. He can start running to the front with you, Emma. When you dance, he go dance with you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Father, thank you. How many of you this has resonated in your spirit? It says it. Don't let it drop. Don't let it slip. Let it elevate you to the next place. Let it take your life higher. Let it take your business higher. Let it take your family higher. Let it take you higher than you've ever been before, doing things you never dreamed you'd do, being things that you never dreamed that would come to fruition. 
Some of you faced battles and you thought, my God, I've, I've been through the fire and I've been through the flood. Surely I can't see the Lord do these things in me. But you know what? God knew it all. He knew it all. And through it all, He's going to elevate you in Jesus' name to His place, to His purpose. Father, I thank you today. Lord, I, I pray that your word will uh, be burned in the hearts of your people. Lord, let it be branded in them. As they, as they go out of here today, may they take with them, Lord, a spirit of revelation, a spirit of wisdom. May the knowledge that has been laid down here be picked up. Illuminate, God, what has been spoken. And let that illumination become revelation. Lord, in that revelation, let it change the environment. Let it be transformational. May it bring transformation that will lead, Lord, to a manifestation of that word fulfilled in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. I thank you that you are raising up in this house, that you are sending forth for your glory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And everybody that believed it said amen. 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 Listen, do you need prayer today? If you need prayer today, I want to pray for you. If you need prayer today, I want to pray for you. I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe that the Lord is going to bring about a major change. <clears throat> Families, if you've been struggling with sickness, today we're rebuking that in the name of Jesus. It's going from your house, from your, from your bodies in the name of Jesus. No more sickness, not for, not for, listen. No more sickness. We declare it is over in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we're not believing for healing because we've seen other people heal. Or because we've heard testimonies of healing. We believe healing is for us because the word of God declares it's for us. Because the Bible tells us that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we were healed. Amen. Amen. And so we receive that in the name of Jesus right now. Say that with me. Say, I receive healing and wholeness for me and all my house. Lord, your word declares it was provided 2,000 years ago when Jesus took stripes on his back. So today, I agree. With my brothers, with my sisters, for healing and wholeness and health to reign in my body, in my family, in my household, and everywhere I go. In the name of Jesus, I'm standing upon the Word of God. Let every man and let every devil. Be a, be a liar. Let my God, my God. Be, true. be true. In Jesus' name. In Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I, receive it today. I receive it today. Amen. Amen. Now see, that's how you pray for healing in your house.
That's how you pray for you. I'm, I'm, if, if you, uh, you're still recording, aren't you, Joe? Hear it. Listen to it. Rehearse it. Play it over and over again. If you gotta, if you got to memorize this prayer until it gets in your spirit, memorize it. Say that. Believe that. Believe that prayer. Believe that word. God watches over his word to perform it. Amen. God watches over his word to perform it. God watches over his word to perform it. Glory to God. When you, when you declare the word of God out of a revelation, then, you, and then it's not just something that's in your head. Like we, we'll, we'll, drop, we'll drop something on the floor. We'll, we'll, we'll do something. We'll be like, Jesus. And that, that, that name does absolutely nothing when we, when we drop his name in that way. But the minute it comes out of the life that's in our spirit, the minute that name Jesus comes out of a revelation in our spirit, amen, then we become like that woman with the issue of blood. What, what does it say? It says, she suffered many things of many physicians. Shame. Shame. But, but then it says this, but when she heard, when she heard about Jesus, when she heard the word of it, you know what she did after she heard? She said to herself, <laughs> if I may just touch, do you see it? That's the picture I've been painting for y'all today. If I may touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. You know what? She didn't just say it, she did it. She moved and did. And when she did, she received her miracle. The fountain of her blood was dried up instantaneously. And all that she had suffered was behind her. All that she had suffered was behind her. See, some of you suffered yesterday. Some of you may have suffered this morning. But your suffering can be behind you. How many of you will take that today? So, Lord, I thank you. I know, God, you know every need. Let the Lord know what your need is. Tell it, speak it out of your mouth. Declare it unto him. Lord, you know this is what I have need of. Just right now, by yourself, just do that right now. Just say it to him. Don't be ashamed. Lord, this is what I have need of. Lord, you know what everyone has need of. Now I come into agreement with your people. Annie, where are you? Come up here, baby. We come into agreement right now. Come on, Shri, come help me. Tyler, come here, come help me, will you? All right. Now, y'all go and pray for, you go and pray for these folks. And I'm going to pray for some of you. And we're going to. We're just going to lay our hands and we're going to agree with you and agree with heaven. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we declare miracles. 
We release them right now for your people. Lord, you are a miracle-working God. And we're trusting, we're believing. Your word. Your word. It's your word. It's your word. Your word is right and every other word is wrong. <laughs> your will is right and any other will is wrong. No matter how good the intentions are, we declare in the name of Jesus, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, in the hearts and in the lives of each individual that we're laying our hands upon today. For your glory in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. I thank you for what you're doing for everyone in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Glory, glory, glory. Lord, holy boldness. Holy boldness. Holy boldness for everyone to stand up and to do as you command in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Pray for Brandon. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. We give you honor, Jesus. We give you praise. We declare release today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That there be a fire of your spirit that rages in the hearts and upon the lives of each one, Lord, that's at this altar today. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Glory. Well, listen, if you can, take a moment and praise Him. Just thank Him for what He's done. Oh, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Well, listen, I'm not going to, if you're, if you're, if you're finished, I'm not going to rush this. If, if you, uh, if you would like to go, you can go. You're concerned. You're certainly dismissed in his presence, but if you want to hang out here and pray some more, seek the face of God some more. I know some of you, the Lord stirred you up here today and that's my desire. It was my hope that the spirit of the Lord would stir you up. And stir up your faith to believe God for, for the greater. Amen. You know, we're supposed to go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. And so the best is yet to come. And the hand of the Lord is on you. The best is yet to come. I hear the Spirit of God telling me to tell you this. He says, He says that it's difficult for you to, to see the way for you to 
In fact, in your head, you thought, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it. It just don't make any, it doesn't seem like there's a path for your purpose to be fulfilled in my life. You, you don't know how you're going to have time to facilitate all that the Lord has for you. But I hear God telling me to tell you this, he's redeeming your time, amen. And I hear God saying that he's going to provide time uh, God says he's about to provide you more time than what you've had in the past to devote yourself to the things that you believe that God uh, desires for you to do. And I, and I hear God saying this. I hear God saying that he's birthing in you, sound like a Star Wars movie, a new hope. A new hope. <laughs> Has nothing to do with Star Wars. Just a new hope. There's a new hope that's rising in you. And God says that hope is going to bring about an expectation. The Lord says, you're about to become so expectant that every day, the Lord says, you're going to go through every moment of every day anticipating that at any moment God could do for you. In fact, that's what, that's what he says. He says, what I shared here today, what I shared here today provoked something in your spirit. And God says, you're going to leave here believing that God will do for you some of the things he did for me. And when you leave here, you're going to leave here believing that you can anticipate for God to do some of these things and that he'll do them. And he'll do them on the same level and with the same glory and with the same measure of anointing that he did for me. And so I see the spirit of the Lord coming on you. There's an anointing that's coming on you, that's resting upon you. God says, you're leaving out of here with a fresh touch of his spirit with a greater measure of his glory and God says with a greater faith and confidence that you will finish the race that the Lord has set before you God said I built you to finish the Lord says I didn't build you to just start God says I made you to he says there have been there have been starters God says you've been surrounded by starters your whole life people that started and never finished but God says I didn't make you a starter the Lord said I made you a finisher and God says, you're not just going to start. The Lord says, you're going to finish in the name of Jesus. So we declare that over you. We release it in the name of Jesus. I declare, finish in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank God. Amen. All right, y'all. You can go in his presence when you can. Before you leave, love someone because you do. And let's just trust that God's going to continue to pour out his spirit. Um, for those of you that don't know, Pastor, Pastor Angela, Kendall Harris's wife, her mother passed away uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday, Friday, I'm sorry, Friday, and uh, there'll be a funeral this coming Friday, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to make it to the funeral, um, and then we'll be in Springfield, but Pastor Annie will be here next week uh, with you, uh, Wednesday I will be here, let's expect the Lord to do great things, come, Wednesday nights have been incredible. The Lord has really been helping us out, pouring out His Spirit and uh, helping us to move forward uh, in, our, uh, uh, in our facilitating of the ministries and the gifts of the Spirit. So, listen, I love you guys. I know I kept you super late today. Uh, anticipate that that could happen, uh, that that could happen again. <laughs> We're just going to follow the Lord. And then if we get out of here at 12 or 1230, uh, don't be shocked either. We'll just follow the Lord. But listen, I love you. I appreciate you. Continue to lift me up in prayer. I'm praying for you. You know where I'm at. I'm here on Wednesday. Amen. So, so Shawnee tonight. Yes, I forgot. Shawnee, wouldn't you know I'd go late on the day I got to go to Shawnee?